Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And you know what, guys? It's Sadie's night, so everybody get excited because everybody wants to hear Sadie's voice today and every day. And every Instead day. Instead of my two, two cats fighting in a gravel voice, so you're welcome. <laughs> you're Unfortunately, so I'll be back next week with <laughs> gravel cats. I think our voices are very similar and you do not sound like gravel cats. Well, after three years, you'd think that I would adjust to hearing the sound of my own voice as mm-hmm. I edit. And it happen. No, no. Mm-hmm. It's, in fact, things get a lot worse. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, just be, be forewarned. You yeah. will hate everything about your voice, the way you talk, the way your mouth moves, and you breathe. So <laughs> that's fun. But that's it's worth good. it. We love you guys, yep. and we love telling these stories. So what story are we telling today, Sadie? Well, this is Killer on the Run, The Terrible Murder of Jason Bass. Oy. On the evening of August 31st, 1990, 27-year-old Adam Emery was picking up dinner with his wife, Elena, and Elena's sister and brother-in-law. They had decided to go out that night for an early celebration of Adam and Elena's second wedding anniversary. They grabbed some food at their favorite seafood stand at the Rocky Point Amusement Park on the coast of the Narragansett Bay in Warwick, Rhode Island. They found a spot in the amusement park overlooking the water and decided to stop there and have a car picnic in Adam's black 1985 Ford Thunderbird. Just before 9 p.m., as they were finishing their meal, a car parked in the same lot struck the rear left side of Adam's Thunderbird, causing damage to the taillight and bumper. The car then took off. Hmm. It's important to note that this car was Adam's prized possession, and he always kept it in immaculate condition. I bet. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. 1985 Ford Thunderbird? Are you kidding? Right. And it's a 19, this is 1990. Yeah. Right? So it's I know pretty exactly much brand new. who this guy is. Yep. Yes. Yep. He's 27. East he was every, every babysitter we ever had. He was their boyfriend and he was also mm-hmm. our older cousins. Exactly. Yes. Yep. It was a busy night in the area. And when they looked up to see what had happened, they saw the car speeding away and turning a corner behind some buildings. Both Adam and Elena were enraged, and Elena insisted Adam take off after the car. When they turned the corner, Elena pointed to a Ford LTD 
and told Adam it had been the one that hit them. They chased the car out of the park, and Adam managed to pull up next to the LTD and started yelling at the driver to pull over. Inside the, quote, shabby reddish-brown 1975 Ford LTD was 20-year-old Jason Bass, his cousin Josh, and a friend of theirs who was sitting in the back seat. The young guys were also out enjoying the night and had no idea why Adam was pulling up next to them, screaming to pull over. Uh-huh. Instead of doing what Adam was demanding, Jason tried to drive off, but Adam managed to get his car in front of Jason's, forcing him to stop. Before Adam got out of the car, Elena handed him a large military knife and said to use it to defend himself if he needed to. Elena, why are you stirring up shit, girl? God. Yeah. Adam then approached the car and opened Jason's door. When Jason saw the knife, he was terrified and tried to drive away again, but Adam managed to grab a hold of the car door and started stabbing the knife in the direction of Jason. What? I know. One of these stabs landed directly into Jason's heart. Why? How? This is the epitome of that escalated quickly. Right? Shit. Yes. This caused Jason to stop the car and then bleed to death in front of a crowd of horrified onlookers. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Jason was rushed to the hospital, but sadly died before he arrived. In just a matter of a few terrible minutes, one man was dead and the other was arrested and charged with murder. As detectives investigated the crime scene, they were able to tell right away that the paint found on Adam's car did not match the car Jason had been driving. Mm. This would later be confirmed by forensic testing. Adam had not only chased the wrong car, but then he also killed a totally innocent person who had no idea why he was being chased down, yelled at, and then stabbed. <sighs> that is dizzying. I'm dizzy. Yes. I mean, I mean it's even bad if he enough. Had been the exactly. One. Yes. yes. I was going to say, we all do have all done stupid shit. <sighs> and the fact that you could just be like chased down and stabbed to death for it is uh, <sighs> really terrible. Jason Bass was born in Providence, Rhode Island on July 22, 1970. He grew up in a large family with five brothers and one sister. His mom was half Cherokee, and his father was mostly from a Native American heritage as well, mostly Cherokee and Mohican. Jason and his siblings were very proud of their family's history and heritage, something Jason would talk about often. Jason dropped out of high school at 16 and had plans to one day open his own restaurant. He spent the next few years working at different restaurants, including Burger King, And just a few days before he was killed, he had just quit his job as the food concession manager at Rocky Point Amusement Park. He was only 20 years old, too young to even really get started with his own life before it was brutally taken away. (laughs) It sucks. It sucks. Only Adam was charged with Jason's murder, and he was sent to jail to await trial where he would stay for the next eight months before his family was able to post bail. Once he was released from jail, he lived his life for two years before his trial would begin. During this time, he never denied he was the one who stabbed Jason, but he maintained he did it in self-defense. Adam was eventually offered a plea deal in exchange for the lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter and a prison term of just five to seven years, but he refused to accept the deal. 
who is this dick? God. (laughs) Who raises these people? I don't know. They can just fly into a rage at the, like, oh my God. And then just claim self defense. Ugh, Mm -hmm. yuck. Mm -hmm. I hate him. I know. He believed a jury would easily find him not guilty. His trial began on November 5th, 1993, and would only last five days. Adam told the jury he had not intended to harm Jason Bass that night. He just wanted the person who had damaged his car to be held responsible. He said after he got out of his car and opened Jason's door, he told Jason, quote, I just want to talk. You hit my car. But Josh, who was a passenger in, in Jason's car, said Adam shouted, quote, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Give me a break. Adam also noticed that his brother-in-law had gotten out of the car to help and was now standing in front of Jason's car to keep him from leaving. Adam said he became concerned that Jason was going to run down his brother-in-law, so he leaned into the LTD to turn off the ignition. Jason, who no doubt was terrified, tried to get away from Adam, so he put his car in reverse and started moving in a, quote, frantic backward zigzag, dragging Adam 1,300 feet as he hung from Jason's door. Wait, is this this is true, or this is what mm-hmm. Adam is claiming? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Th- well, this is what Adam is claiming, but I also think that this is what is actually they were, true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, major flaw in your defense, bro. There's like two hundred people watching this happen. So, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. Well, let go yeah, of the car luck. door. Don't right. get in front of the car. Let the car go. I mean, yeah. like, there's a thousand things, other choices you could make. Mm-hmm. It's not self-defense if you are already attacking an innocent person. Right. If you were the one approaching the car Mm -hmm. and putting yourself in this danger and standing in front of like the self-defense is driving away to get away from you. That's that's self-defense. That's right. There you go. Yes. Like if he was just standing on the sidewalk and Jason ran him over with the car and he, you know, like that. (laughs) Right. That's self-defense. Yes. You would need to defend yourself from that. But at this point, (sighs) Jason is just trying to get away from this maniac with a knife. Yep. So as he's being dragged, Adam said he was now afraid for his own life and felt he had to make Jason stop the car, so he started stabbing towards Jason with the knife. Prosecutors portrayed Adam as a guy who cared more about his car than a human life and told the jury that he had stabbed Jason in anger, wanting him to die for what he'd done. But the defense said that wasn't true at all. Adam was a nice guy who'd never been in any sort of trouble before that terrible night. He had been afraid for his life and did what he thought he needed to do to keep himself and his family safe. They had multiple character witnesses testify, including a friend of Adams who was a police officer and the president of Adams' company. They spoke highly about Adam and talked about his, quote, integrity, efficiency, and organization, and his basic (laughs) goodness as a person. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't possibly have killed somebody. That guy's organized as hell. Have you ever seen his... Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> right. It's, what are the, the Rolodex? Yeah, immaculate. Mm-hmm. Color-coded even. <laughs> I can just picture this so clearly, and not to disparage people from Rhode Island, I feel like I can say this because this is our family. Sadie and I, mm-hmm. uh, our mom's side is from the East Coast, and not specifically Rhode Island, but Connecticut, Connecticut and, and right. Massachusetts and like everything surrounding it. And yeah, I just feel like... I just, I, our cousins who are always like getting in little dust ups and stuff mm-hmm. and coming home wearing like neck braces and being like, <laughs> I'm wicked mad at that guy for blah, blah, blah you know, whatever. Right. Like, I just, yeah. 
It's that. It's a hundred percent our older cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. His boss talked about how skilled he was when dealing with irate customers. Because remember, Adam's the customer service manager or whatever at a mm-hmm. plastics company. Always staying calm and polite. His friend testified about a time he was driving with Adam when Adam suddenly pulled off to the side of the road when he saw a homeless man. He got out of the car to see if the man needed help, and the two became friends. Adam helped him out on multiple occasions. Despite these nice remarks, reporters at the time who were covering the trial all mentioned Adam's complete lack of remorse, saying he never looked sad during the trial and never once said he was sorry for what he did that night. Mm-hmm. Adam was the type of guy who was used to getting his way and often got what he wanted. He grew up in an upper-middle-class family, graduated high school, and then graduated from Rhode Island College. After getting his degree, Adam took a white-collar job with a local plastics manufacturing company where he worked as the customer services manager. I guess I didn't mention that before, but that's what he did, that he was so good at and organized. (laughs) During this time, Adam met Elena at a local disco club, and the two fell in love very quickly. Elena and her family had immigrated to the United States from Italy when she was young. Her parents worked hard and were eventually able to buy a nice home in a nice area of Rhode Island. Elena was the bookkeeper for a construction company while she worked towards her college degree. She and Adam got married and moved into an apartment inside a house her parents owned. Those who were close to the couple said it was clear that Elena was the one in charge of the relationship. Mm -hmm. They had been raised in two very different families. Elena came from a much more boisterous, outspoken Italian family. They were not afraid to tell it like it was, Mm -hmm. while Adam was raised in a much more laid-back and quiet family. In one example of how Elena's family behaved, Jason's brother told reporters about a time just a few days after Jason was killed when his wife and mother went to a local thrift store to buy Jason a suit to be buried in. What? So Jason's mother... Her son just was murdered. Oh, God, sorry. That's okay. So Jason's brother is telling the story. Got it. Right. Jason's mom and his sister-in-law go to a thrift store to pick out a suit to bury their family member in. Mm -hmm. While buying the suit, they told the cashier it was for a family member who had been murdered and then told the story as they understood it. As Jason's mom was telling her story, she said that an irate woman was suddenly in her face screaming Mm -mm. at her to tell the real truth about what Mm -mm. Jason had done. You're kidding. (gasps) No. No. It turned out that one of Elena's sisters just so happened to be shopping at the same store that day and overheard the conversation. Uh, If you hear a thump, it's because I've passed out. You are kidding. No. No. Oh my God, what is wrong with these people? She demanded Jason's mother explain that Jason had dragged Adam with his car and that's why Jason had been killed. Oh my God. His uh, poor uh, mom. The poor oh no. mom. Nope. Nope. You just don't recover from that. I could never recover from that. No, just the fact that you have to go buy a suit to bury your son in is unrecoverable from. You will never recover from that. But then to be traumatized. Yes. And then the trauma of being screamed at and blamed. Nope. Nope. It's just so sad. Yep. So despite the intensity of Elena and her family, the different dynamics seemed to work for the pair, and Adam seemed willing to do as his wife asked. 
Before his arrest for Jason's murder, he had never been in any kind of legal trouble, and his mother would tell reporters that she had always been proud of him for never once getting in trouble at school when he was a boy. There was an article I read that said that she, it's like to make herself feel better, she wrote a list of all of the good things that he had done in his first 27 years of life. Wow. To like... Yeah. Um, it, I mean, prove and, that he wasn't a monster for killing Jason right, or like, right. I don't well, know. And I'm just going to take a big leap and speculate that, I mean, it really sounds like Elena had a lot to do with this and probably had a lot of influence over him. And mm-hmm. it feels very much like a, you know, don't let them talk to you like that, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, maybe he was a good person and then he married the wrong girl. You know, not to put all of it on her, but it, I've seen, you know, that happens. It just. Right. When I also think he was uh, on his own was an entitled sort of person too, Mm -hmm. you know, and so he never had to. Right. He probably never had to work for much. He never really had to confront anybody. There, you know, like no conflict resolution or like, he just always got his way. Mm -hmm. And again, like if we're going to stereotype that sort of person in the 90s in Rhode Island, you know, you just kind of do what you want. You get what you want. You yep. get away with oh, yeah. it. Yep. You know, and so I think that you're right. He probably wasn't necessarily a violent type of person or like yep. angry, and but he also loved his wife and she was like, oh no, uh-uh. And he was like, okay, I guess. Yeah, he, that's what know. I'm, yeah. yeah and that yes. type of, yes, you, that is a very good point. That type of personality, those personalities coming together. Right. It's just, yeah. Yeah, where he doesn't match. understand consequences, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, just yeah, got to defend my girl or what? I, you know, right. I can't let him talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Like this is that's that's my baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, my ugh. Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. So the young couple was just getting started, but seemed to be well on their way to living the upper middle class American dream. Yeah. In an article written about this case for the Washington Post by William F. Powers, which is a really mm-hmm. good name for mm-hmm. a Washington Post journalist. Yeah, he knew he needed to throw that F in there mm-hmm. to seal the deal. Yes. He points out something that I was not aware of in the social structure of Rhode Island residents in the early 90s, and I'm dying to know if this is still true. I can't wait. Quote, they were just starting out, but they were beginning to acquire the accoutrements of success. In the file on Adam's case, now stored in the Providence Superior Court building, There is an envelope containing the physical exhibits from the trial. In addition to the knife, the morgue photo of Jason, and some other items are photos of Adam's car. Anyone who knows Rhode Island can't help but notice the license plate number, AE-70. Is this the redlining stuff? I don't think so. What's the redlining stuff? I've done nothing. It just like sparked a vague memory of... Uh, something I read or saw a long time ago that was like, if you live in a certain place and you have a certain license plate, then cops know you live at a certain part of town or something. Oh, that is sort of what this is. Yes. Uh Similar, Uh but Uh I don't know. I don't know about redlining, calling it that, but yes. Yeah. So here license plates have great social significance. So great that desirable tag numbers are actually passed down in families and argued over among heirs. I'm still Mm. quoting the article. Mm. The ranking system is unofficial and complex, but widely understood. Basically, the best plate is one bearing a low number 
If there are any letters, it's preferable that they correspond to the owner's initials. Mm-hmm. A good plate generally signifies that the owner or someone in his family once had a connection in the state government, which mm-hmm. assigns the plates. Adam's plate, which he had obtained through a friend in the governor's office, was quite desirable in that it bore his initials and a relatively low number. Even better, he got Elena a plate to match it, which was EE-70. Also in the envelope with the photos is a clear plastic pouch containing the tiny spiral notebook on which that fateful night Elena had correctly recorded the license plate number of Jason's car, AV-439, a tag utterly lacking in prestige. <laughs> it was also reported that the class system was apparent in the courtroom as well and that Adam and Elena's relatives clearly regarded Jason Bass's family as social inferiors. And that, quote, there was a noticeable disdain between the families in the courtroom. This but mostly so just the gross. the perpetrators' families towards the victims' family. Right, right. Which, like, believe what you want mm-hmm. as far as whether, like, how, why Adam did what he did. The family is not responsible in any way at all for any of this. They just lost their child. Like, period. There isn't, like, the fact that you could be hateful towards them. Yep. But that's know. what we do, right? You know, that's what mm-hmm. people do. They they have the ability to just disregard entire classes of people as dangerous or less than or dispendable mm-hmm. or dispendable, expendable and Ex- disposable, put in right. one word, dispendable, you know, and so... Yeah, they they are like, yeah, that trash tried to hurt, hurt mm-hmm. our son and he had every right to do it and, you know. Then, right. And then to attack the mother of the victim at a thrift store. It says everything you need to know right. for her to have well, that much entitlement that mm-hmm. not only would she hear her, a grieving mother, a grieving mother talk about that, rather than just like walk away, you know, she has to attack her mm-hmm. openly in mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to hear. Oh, yep. God. Just like yep. Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, it's just that right. whole mentality. Like, ugh, don't yeah. even get me started. I will never I stop. I will never I know. Well, stop. and I, I'm, you know, I also <sighs> feel like it's important to point out the fact that he was clearly of Native American heritage. Yep. And I'm sure that added to their willingness 100%. and ability to... Disregard think, him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My next sentence, too, is I say, I have to wonder, did Adam and Elena's family feel like Jason's family should have just sacrificed justice for their son because the perpetrator of the crime came from a wealthier family? Yep. That's what it feels like. It's like, Absolutely. how dare you try to hold our son responsible? You know, yeah. you just let it go. He's gone. Right. Like, why right. do you have to ruin his life, too? Yes. Just like... um fucking Brock Turner and all that shit too. Yep. You know, why would I why would I ruin this young man's life over what do you say like 20 minutes of poor t- decision making or whatever, you know, no. it's like right? Because he's a fucking monster. He's a bad right. person. And guess he deserves what? justice like white just because boys, he's wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wealthy white boys don't they oh they don't God. get to not be held accountable for the their bad behaviors. Like what? So either way it didn't matter for Adam in the end. When the trial was over, the jury deliberated, and on November 10th, which just so happened to be Adam's 31st birthday, the jury found him guilty of second-degree murder. Oh, thank God. I was like uh, Mm -hmm. bracing myself for you to Mm -hmm. say that he was not guilty. No. 
This charge could carry a sentence of up to 30 years in prison. The Providence Journal reported that when the verdict was announced, Elena, quote, sitting behind her husband, squeezed her eyes shut and whispered, it's my fault. Then her face grew tense. She clenched her teeth and uttered, I'm going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. There's hell to be Mm-mm. paid. Mm-mm. She also spoke a few sentences to Adam that could not be heard by those sitting nearby. One of Elena's brothers yelled at the basses, saying, quote, you fucking scumbags, we're going to get you. Oh, my God. I know. The anger was so intense from Elena's family that the basses were escorted home that day by police, and they had squad cars outside their house for a few days after trial, just in case. I have so much chills. This is, I, like, I need, somebody get them on the phone. No. Now. Explain I mean, yourselves. I have some words to say. I need to speak to these people directly mm-hmm. with my rage and my physical body. I'm right? so mad. I'm so mad. Oh, my God. Um, it's just completely inexcusable. So after the verdict was read, the judge allowed Adam to be released on bond once mm-hmm. again. What? Which I have never no, heard post- of. I'm sure no. it happens, but like, when does that happen? No, it doesn't happen. You've been charged. Yes. You don't get to know. He has been found guilty. And the, the judge is like, cool, you're fine. Just oh peace out until for a few months until the sentencing. Oh hearing. my God. I know. Both Adam and Elena's family put up their life savings and three houses in total to secure the bond so that Adam could have the next few weeks with his wife before being sent to prison for a very long time. Adam and Elena left the courtroom together, Adam still showing no remorse for what had happened. And then, just a few hours later, the couple's car was found abandoned on the Claiborne Pell Bridge, which sits 215 feet above the Narragansett Bay. Nobody surprised, not one person. Nope. The car was running and the doors were open. When authorities searched the car, they found the clothes that Adam and Elena had been wearing to court that day, just a few hours earlier. Cash, cut-up credit cards, and Adam's driver's license was found lying on the passenger seat. They also found a receipt from a local sporting goods store. Authorities searched the area, including the water below, but found no sign of Adam or Elena. Witnesses came forward and said that after the couple left the courthouse at 3 p.m., they were spotted at the sporting goods store. While there, they bought sweatsuits, athletic socks, and 80 pounds of strap-on exercise weights. The cashier said that Adam was upset by the total amount of the purchase, thinking it was too expensive. (laughs) They were then spotted eating at a Burger King nearby, and I kind of wonder if it was the Burger King where Jason Mm -hmm. had worked. Mm At 4.50 p.m., motorists saw Adam and Elena standing next to their car on the bridge's walkway, but at 5.15 p.m., they had driven away. Their car was gone. At some point between then and 7 p.m., they returned to the bridge. Their car was reported abandoned at 6.53 p.m. If Adam and Elena jumped off the bridge, authorities expected their bodies to wash ashore within the next week or so. But when this didn't happen, police decided to investigate the possibility that they had faked their own deaths and were on the run. These guys? No. They would never do that. <laughs> right. The fact that Adam had been unhappy about the price of the supplies they'd bought at the sporting goods store, that their supposed last meal was at Burger King, where witnesses described them as happy... Mm-hmm. And the fact that the bridge was very busy during the time they were there, but no one witnessed them jump, 
all pointed authorities away from the idea that they died that night. Thank God. God, it'd be so easy for them to just be like, yep, they definitely just killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Knowing Elena talked to Adam in the courtroom after his guilty verdict, state police hired a lip reader to watch the videotape of the trial to try and decipher what she said. So the interpreter believed Elena told Adam, quote, we will do what we originally said. You promised me. We should have done this before. As intriguing as this was, it still didn't make their plans better known. Mm. Was she talking about their plan to die by suicide or to run away? A few days after the couple went missing, both sets of parents received a letter in the mail from their children. Although they never directly said that they planned to take their own lives, part of the letter read, quote, I was at a total loss about what happened in court today. We are not afraid to die, and we look forward to it, free at last. I write this letter with a clear conscience. Adam's mom told one reporter that despite the fact that Adam showed no remorse in court, he did feel, quote, much private sorrow. For Adam and Elena's family, it wasn't just the fact that their children were missing and possibly dead, which is beyond awful, but to make matters worse, they had also given all of their money and houses to the courts in order to secure Adam's bond. Mm -hmm. If they didn't return, the court would seize their property and they would be left with nothing. So as the months passed, tips from people who believed they saw the couple would come into the police station and to the FBI, but no tip led to Adam and Elena. The story was featured on Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted. Many believed they had fled to Italy to live with family there. Wow. Nine months would pass with no break in the case, but that would change on August 30th, 1994, when a fisherman fishing under the Claiborne Pell Bridge found part of a human skull in a fishing mm. net. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. The skull was later positively identified as belonging to Elena Emery. No. She had extensive dental work done to the top row of her teeth, which the medical examiner said matched the skull found in the bay perfectly. No way. Yes. Later, two leg bones were also found, but they were unable to be positively identified as belonging to Adam or Elena. Jason's family had doubts about the skull and found it very suspicious that Elena's remains just so happened to be found on the same day her family's homes were going to be repossessed. No. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <gasps> so many twists and turns. <laughs> I know. They also thought the condition of the skull found was not consistent with a body that would have only been in the water for nine months. Mm-hmm. They thought the skull looked to be much older. Mm-hmm. Despite their doubts, Elena was pronounced dead, but there was still no sign of Adam. And I would think, I don't know, but I'm guessing that nine months is plenty of time for a body to decompose in a huge bay, like a salt water bay. Yeah, but you would assume that there would still be some, I hate to say flesh attached, but hair, you know, like definite decomposition. But if it's just a straight up, like clean skull, probably Mm -hmm. not. You know, right. I and it was know. missing the lower jaw, you know, so it was just the upper part of the skull. But right. I don't know either. I'd... So rumors swirled that Adam had agreed to Elena's plan to jump off the bridge, but either changed his mind at the last minute or never planned to jump in the first place. Uh-huh. Some people speculated that he pushed Elena off the bridge and then fled. Others think she jumped first and that he just didn't follow. Right. But if the accounts of their relationship dynamic are true, it doesn't seem likely to me that Adam would have pushed Elena off the bridge. No. They loved each other very much, and she was the boss of their relationship. I'm not sure Adam had it in him to run away without her. And I just personally, I'm speculating, I think it's most likely he's probably in the bay with her. 
Yeah. Or they're both Or they aren't there together. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't if it's not Elena's skull, then clearly, you know, but like if if she is really dead and that's her skull, then I think Adam's there too. I agree. Yeah. The prosecutor on the case, after learning that Elena's skull had been found, told reporters, quote, jumping off the bridge is consistent with the murder. He's escaping responsibility once again. Yes, absolutely. If he's if he's gone, same thing. He's, it's just this entitled sort of escape, like just face the consequences of your actions, dude. Right. Yeah. It just feels like, I was trying to think of when Romeo and Juliet, the new one came out. Mm. But it was yeah, not. Like 94, 90. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't quite 1990, but that's yeah. what it reminds me of is like this young yep. bullshit of yep. they don't even know what they've done. And we if we can't be together, yes. we're just jumping off a bridge. It's like, give me a fucking break. Like yep. no concern for their parents, no concern for anybody but themselves yep. and their selfish needs and yeah, their stupid behaviors. You know? Absolutely. Like, yep. Which is also a very 90s thing. Like, everybody mm-hmm. died at the end of every 90s movie. Just right. period. Yeah. Like, and even, like, the children, like, my girl. They just had, everyone had to die. Anybody <laughs> know, who was in love, so some, they're going to die, right? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Bridge yep. to Terabithia. We're children. That might have been written in the 60s. I don't even know. But <laughs> here you go, children. Nobody, Nothing good ever comes of, no. of loving someone. No. <laughs> you're, good, no. you're going to die. Right. You're like a Fall tree off a tiny stuck bridge in the nothing. into the little creek and die. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I wonder why we all have such like insecure attachments. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading Bridge to Terabithia. I was always skipping ahead. Like I would check out the book from the library and mm-hmm. skip ahead because I just couldn't wait. Nobody's, nobody's surprised to hear that. Right. Uh, but I remember... We had like reading time in fourth grade and I was over in the corner, like you could spread out in the room, you know, which was such a cool thing to do. Right. And, uh, <laughs> being over in the corner with my best friend and like audibly gasping and being like, oh no, I have, oh, no. I have to know this by myself. <laughs> oh no. You know, uh-huh. like I have to, this is just information that I have to keep to myself until Wednesday or whenever the teacher <laughs> reads this. Ugh. <laughs> Not fair. That's what you get. <laughs> Overachiever. Adam was declared legally dead in 2004, but the FBI hasn't closed his case and even announced in 2019 that there was a significant chance that he'd mm. be caught in the next five years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> based on seems, what? Right. Like, based off of what? And that's a very strangely, like, specific and also general yes. statement to make. Like, how do you know? In five exactly. years, why not tomorrow? Exactly. Why Weird. not ten years? But yeah, five years. When asked about the murder and possible suicide, Elena's sister told reporters, quote, They were all in the wrong place at the wrong time. I truly believe that this was their destiny, all of them. Ew. Truly, God. No, it's so They're gross. on the line. I, I know, dude. I know. I truly believe that when God needs us more than our family needs us, he's going to find a way to take us. But she also said, it's just better to try not to make sense of what happened, saying, quote, if you try too hard, you'll go nuts. Uh, um, yeah. You can try. You can try. Yep, you can yeah. try. Yeah, and you, you can also try. know that we are human and we make stupid choices that lead to terrible consequences and that your sister and her husband 
did that and they murdered somebody and that they can feel really sad and sorry for that and make amends and do public service and take go to prison for a while and then get out and then like hug Jason's mom and apologize and be the son that she lost for her and like donate your upper middle class money to charities that you know like you can make choices well, and don't we know add why to the it crime. happened. It didn't right. happen because God wanted it to happen. No, it happened because your family's entitled and fucking terrible. Yeah. And like, instead of looking at the situation you found yourself in and been and be like, oh, we should probably adjust how we parent and treat each mm-hmm. other. You're like, I, I can't, I couldn't, because I'll just go insane. Well, right. you should go insane. Right. That's the cross you bear. For making, raising these children to think that they're better than other people. Right. And yeah. that people, like, oh, whoopsie yeah. daisy. Oh, well, God wanted them to die. Whoa, mm-hmm. nothing I could do about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, tons and tons of things you could do about that. Right. So starting, many things. Right. Starting with the fact that somebody hits your car and drives off and they're like, oh, man, that really pisses me off and that sucks. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, let's finish our beers and our car picnic and I'll go to the mechanic tomorrow and get a fix. Like, I hope yeah, that doesn't Yeah, maybe I'll call again. the police and and file a report have it, right. or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just ba- just bang it out. Get a little plunger, plungy plunge, yeah. good to go. You're back right. in business. New tail Psychos. You yeah. absolute psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And your family of psychopaths, please get them on the phone. Get them on Enough. the line. God, I'm going to get a call from... <laughs> One of Elena's sisters, like next week, and ugh, I'm not prepared. I gotta uh-uh. get ready. Uh uh-uh, uh, I know. Well, how old are they now? Probably uh, they're like late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. So if it was 1990 and this is 2020, yeah. 20, I can't take them. Fuck. 30, 90. Fuck. Yeah. I can't, 30, I can't physically 40, 50, take them. They might be in their 70s. There's a better chance, but still, I'm not still. confident that no. I'm. That I and I think there's them. a lot of them. So, yeah. If, well, and they probably have like kids and grandkids now. Yeah, we shouldn't probably try. I'm gonna to have them. to. St- I'm gonna have to like really strategize if if I'm gonna go up against this family. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're. You know, prepared. somebody's yeah. got to. Somebody has got to. Right. So after the trial, Jason's family mostly went quiet, as is often the case. Jason's life and story has been mostly forgotten by the public in the aftermath of his death. But let's not forget the completely innocent 20-year-old who was truly in the wrong place at the wrong time and paid the ultimate price for someone else's mistakes. The fact that life can turn on a dime like that without warning is unimaginable. I am truly so sorry for him and his family. This is the shit that keeps me up at night. Yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's unimaginable. There is just so easy to avoid situations like that. he actively did this. He actively killed this man. Yeah. Like this young man. Yeah. Oh, it's just so easy to not do that. I know. Oh. I know. So, yeah, what do you guys think? So, no, still yeah. Out there? Bad. Is he in Italy? Yes. For the next five years. Is he in he the is. Bay? Right. I know. No, I don't well, that was think 2019. So. so, we're about up. The, on the five-year mark of the FBI. I mean, they probably weren't expecting COVID to mess up their fugitive right. search plans. So we'll right. give them another couple of years. But I couldn't really find any specific information to say why. Um, I read that the family, Jason's family, was really excited to hear mm-hmm. that maybe Adam could be found still. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of updates. I don't. I can't imagine that Adam Emery is top of the FBI most wanted list. No. 
Exactly. But yeah, maybe there's some tips out of Italy. Maybe something like that Mm -hmm. would be my guess. Because otherwise, I don't. I cannot imagine that they would be even poking around at it. You know, doesn't like you said. It's not. Doesn't seem like the highest priority to find them, especially after all this time. Right. But no, I don't think they're in the bay. I don't. I don't think that was her skull. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to assume that they are long gone and hiding in the mountains somewhere, eating fresh food. Like, (laughs) pisses me off. I know, and I really, I really do think they're both in the bay. I do. You do? Yeah, I do. I think that they would, unless their family is just very good at keeping it quiet. You know, like I think that they would have been found by now. They needed their family and. Unless there's just, and maybe there was enough support in Italy, but Adam in particular, his family, I think, would have been more likely to turn him in or mm-hmm. not be able to keep it quiet or I don't know. Well, maybe they're afraid of Elena's family. That have you ever too. met an Italian family? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I've I've openly just challenged them, so good luck to me. <laughs> but. I never I never said her her maiden name. Her, last, her given, you know, last name. I don't think that so. that's going to matter. They're attacking mothers of gre- of dead children in thrift oh, stores. God. So I think that they're going to find me and I'm just going to have yeah. to like face the consequences. But in this case, I think it's worth it because my God, that mm-hmm. is a level of entitlement. Oi. Yeah. And I know people like that. I, I definitely know people like that. I know people who have horrible children and defend them. You know, just to the to the death. Like I had, a, I have a good friend. Well, we're not really good friends anymore, but we were for a while. And part of the reason we're not is because she, there's no consequences to her actions. She's got mm-hmm. a lot of money, and kids are nightmare people. Mm-hmm. And she just bails them out. And she said to me one time, "But he's my baby." I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it, but th- your baby needs to learn. He's like 24, and he's a right. fucking monster. You know. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I think all the time. We've talked about it all the time. Uh, uh, raising two white boys. Yep. What am I going to do to help them understand consequences of actions? And I think a big part of that is to step back and let that unfold for them, especially as adults. I mean, yeah. but it has to start as kids too. Yeah. You know, like my youngest preschool teacher emailed me the other day and was like, you know, he's not being real kind to the younger kids at school. He's not in trouble, but it's just something I've been noticing, and he's not really mm-hmm. including them, and blah blah blah. And she, but she was writing to me, pretty much apologizing for bringing this up to me. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this like, how much shit does she get yep. from parents right. for their three, four, and five year olds for right. being jerks? Like, right. how much shit does she get from parents? Like, not my baby or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. emailed her, and I was like, thank you for letting me know, and you know, we'll be working on it at home and. Please just keep me posted. Like, let me know what else. Like, I'm not, he's not a bad kid. He just needs to learn that that hurts feelings, right? Yep. Yes. But I could, I could too. I have a choice as a parent. I could choose to defend him and tell her she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that he just, he gets to play with whoever he wants, regardless or whatever. Or I could say, yeah, that's not how I want him to be. I'm going to teach him yeah. how to be, like, he doesn't have to play with everybody if he doesn't want to, but he can be kind about it. He can learn You're how right. to use his words or whatever. Set his boundaries and, and yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but it turns out, like, no, he, the, his personality, I'm not surprised at all. And he's also, like, the leader of his gang now, which uh-huh. he was not last year. Like, he's really uh-huh. blossomed, which is good. But he is also, like, ganging up the other kids against the little ones. <laughs> so oh, it's an issue. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, like, taking like, on some death. of his, his younger child. <laughs> well, and I said, you know, yes, I said, yeah. I think it, this is coming from how his older brother can treat him sometimes. So this is a conversation that mm-hmm. I need to be having with both of my children. Yes. But the bottom line, I just, that was something I thought about while having this interaction with the teachers. Like, I wonder how often parents are like, Nuh-uh. no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I grew up with those kids. It's constant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. it goes back to that. You know, family is important, but you have to look outside of your immediate circle. And there has to be value for life outside of the people who matter Absolutely. just to you. Well, and you my know? child doesn't matter more than another child just because he's exactly. ugly. You know, right. like somebody else feels that same way about their kid. And, like, all life is valuable. Yep. Duh. I mean, you know, like we had, and it's yeah. our responsibility as people on earth to care for each other. Yep. The way that we would want to be cared for. You know, it's just, it makes so much sense to me. And it's really astounding that we don't all abide by that. I know. Well, and the more I get to understand brains and how brains work, and. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I did that uh, episode where we talked about more conservative brains versus more liberal brains and that that pesky amygdala. Mm Mm-hmm. When it flares up, it tells you that tells people who are a little bit more aligned with how we feel that you know we need to protect everyone and we need to extend those things to the whole entire world and sometimes aliens, which is my favorite my favorite quote from that article. It's like and that that uh, level of compassion extends to animals and sometimes and aliens. aliens. <laughs> Which is true. Like, can't yeah, you watch totally, an ET yes, and no. the, the when he's looks in the thing and mm-hmm. ET's little heart lights up? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me mm-hmm. there are yeah, two kinds of people. Uh, right. There are those of us who ugly cry, and there yes. are those of us who blink and don't care, move on with their lives. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, that that amygdala man. And so, yeah, when you're wired that way, and it's and you're all hyped up, and you've got this family that is like, you know, cult-like in its loyalty to its own self. I I get it. I understand mm-hmm. why they are like that, but it's like, good God, at what cost? And like, right. you know, to what end? You know, what are you accomplishing other than this false sense of security that right. you guys can protect each other and that you can just defend each other no matter what heinous shit you do? You mm-hmm. know, that... Might work for a while, but it's just the karmic balance of things is going to come and get you, and your sister is going to end up missing her in the bay eventually. You know, it's like, right. ugh, you're just yep. attracting so much horribleness. And um, poor Jason Bass's family just got sucked into your vortex of awful. Yep. Yep. God. And blamed and screamed at and threatened Oof. and killed. So sorry for them. I can't. I know. 
I feel like I should also tell that the, our listeners that on the flip side of my kid trying out like his bully pants or whatever, he also on the way to school today was asking me how much money we have. And spoiler alert, guys, we don't have a lot, but we're fine. You know, whatever. We make yeah, ends meet. Regular amounts. And yeah. um, so I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Whatever. We have some money. And he was like, well, what happens if we have like millions or billions of dollars? What would you do then? I was like, I don't know, that would be nice. And he was like, would we just like go to the grocery store and just like hand out money to anybody who needed it? And I was like, yes. Yes, child, 100%. We would absolutely do that. He was like, because if we already have enough for all of our food, we would want to share the money so everybody has food, right? Yes, we yeah. do. Yeah, bro. I, this is not something that I have like, I mean, it's generally how our, we live our lives, but it's not like I sit down and be like, if we have too much, then we give to others or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that kind of person, but... Uh, I loved it. I was like, I'm so proud of you. Yes, 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 yes. We will share. If we have an abundance, we will definitely share for sure. And we do anyway. You know, even if we don't have an abundance, we do what we can to make sure that those around us get what they they need. Yeah. Um, and so he's the sharingest kid ever. No, he really is. is. Like, yeah. Do you want this chocolate? I'm like, you're five. Five-year-olds, I would never. Be like, <laughs> no. No. Well, he will cry. He will cry if he offers me <laughs> candy and I don't feel like having a piece of candy. <laughs> he gets so upset that I won't enjoy it. He's like, but mommy, it's delicious. You'll love it. I know I will. I just don't want candy. It's six in the morning. I'm not, I don't feel like chocolate right now. And he'll cry because he's yeah. so disappointed that I won't enjoy the delicious mm-hmm. chocolate no, he's mm-hmm. such a sweetheart. He really is. And it's okay that he's having bad behaviors, you know, like or not even yeah. bad, but just like making kind of not the nicest choices, you know, like I yep. fully believe we can help him get through that. Luckily, yeah. he's not like punching or calling them terrible names under his breath that I know of. I mean, but. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, I'm like forever fantasizing about fighting children on behalf of my nephews. <laughs> They're mean to him, so... Well, I so I far, gotta, I guess I got to look inward a little bit. I, know, I was going to say, neither <laughs> child has yet been. I think that the oldest is a little bit um, more sensitive and a little sweeter than his baby brother, but mm-hmm. um, both of them seem to be getting through their young childhood just fine so far. <laughs> yeah, no. When your oldest was pretty small, I was like, oh, God, he's going to be really sensitive. And, you know, of course I want him to be, I want them mm-hmm. to be sensitive people, but I also was like, shit, now, you know, I was kind of bullied as a kid and I just don't want to watch him experience that. Mm-hmm. And then, no, nope, he came out all firing, fucking opinionated, just like, I, just like we like him. So yep. very good. <laughs> Standing up for the underdog. <laughs> exactly. Still might, I still might have to fight children. Yes. But I can like stand yeah. down for now. Right. For now, we're good. He's in a safe space. We'll see what happens when middle school happens. I mean, then, I mean, honestly, like openly swearing at children in my fantasies. <laughs> Listen, you little fucker. Like, no, that child is hurting. He needs to help, Courtney. Uh, but I God. Know. I know. <laughs> it's true. I went on a field trip recently and was watching that. You could just tell that these kids are the bullies of the second grade. Yeah. And uh, one was just being so, like, everything about him, you know, like, you just, I could just see it. I was getting kind of, like, mm-hmm. fired up, His the look on his face, the way he talked, his actions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that kid. And then I thought for a second, and I was like, no, that's just his dad or whoever. Like, that's just hey, his family member. He's just being time. his family member. And that made me really sad. And then I was like, gosh, he just needs a hug. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anywho, we got to do stuff in our lives today. Yes, other than we this. do, but that was a good story, and that was <laughs> a devastating you. story. Yes. And I can't wait for the FBI to 
hip us to what happened in right. two years from now. I know. Oi. So, um, yeah. Do we want to do name time? Do you have names? I have names. Let's do some names. <laughs> I haven't explained name time in a couple of episodes, so for those of you who are new to the podcast, if you want to know the origin of name time, go back to the Charlotte Grabby episode and uh, where we discovered Cindy Pancake, and I worked her into the story only because <laughs> her name was so adorable. She had no real bearing on the case whatsoever, but she was in an episode of Dateline or something that I watched. and Forensic Files. Yeah. Yes. Like and. Yeah. And a uh, star was born. And so ever since then, people have been sending us the best, most celebratory, cutest, funniest, funnest names. Reasons for us all to live another day because people are named things like Mike Literus. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that one's come up before, but it for always real. needs to come up all the time. For real. <laughs> I thought so too, but then I was like, maybe Mike Hunt, but I don't know if we've ever had Mike Literus. And I mean, we, I got Facebook posts, like I, we were sent evidence that this is real. Someone's cousin, a listener's like friend's cousin or listener's cousin, Mike Literus. There's a pediatrician in Linwood, California named Dr. DeCock. <laughs> Oh my God! There's a Utah LSD lawyer, and I mean, I think I'm assuming that means the like uh, LDS. Maybe it's LDS. Yeah, it says LSD, but LDS lawyer. <laughs> I was like, I want to be an LSD lawyer. I do too. <laughs> Utah LS, LDS lawyer and extremist Mormon writer named Denver Snuffer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's snuffer. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. There's a country singer named Dick Curlis. <laughs> oh, so cute. Uh, in the Northern Territory, there is Dick's Pumping Service, PTY LTD. I don't know what PTY, Whoa. but Dick's Pumping Service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sign me up for a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a weekly Monthly? service? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> jokes just never get old. <laughs> never. Especially dip dicks. <laughs> dicks and pumping service. Dick subscription. <laughs> like how many pumps do you get in a session? <laughs> That's what I'm going to start referring oh, to. shit. Marriage, marriage to uh, a marriage is oh how's your how's your dip dick subscription going for you? Uh, uh, not lesbian marriage. We well, I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule it out. I don't need to. I'm sure there's plenty uh, of pumping happening. Plenty of dick subscriptions oh and lesbian oh marriages God. too. I All marriages. I'm blushing. I'm actively blushing. <laughs> Oh, sorry, mom. Uh, oh, I can't. I can't bring your mother into this. Okay, uh, there is a 
I almost did. I was real no close. Dog. No dog. <laughs> there is a stone sales company called Finlay's Stone, and their advertisement is "Get Stoned with Tom." Yeah, yeah. Woo. There's a billboard on the way to Chicago that says something about don't don't allow don't tr- don't get crack. In your basement, something. It's like a. It's a joke about like using crack, and I'm like, I. You oh. need to go back to the '80s. Your the, the draw. Yeah, like, did you run that by anybody before right. you put it on a billboard on 94 West? God, guys. God. Like, I get it, but mm, come on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so another thing in the Northern Territory, other than Dick's pumping service. <laughs> Oh, this is so funny. The government created a whole PR campaign to get more tourists in, and the slogan was, see you in the NT, standing for Northern Territory. But all the merchandise said, see you NT. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who didn't they show that? Like, who who needs to see that to know that's a terrible idea? (sighs) What intern... Was like, let's just see how far I could take this. I, <laughs> was it you? It was you. You it did would, it. It would be me. It would yes. have been me. Like when Sadie was on the graduation committee, or was it the prom committee? And you were, you said that the the class motto should be "It's a dog eat dog world," and that your <laughs> class song should be "Happy Birthday." Did you propose Happy Something Birthday? Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a dog eat dog. It's world. a dog eat world. Yeah, dog eat dog. Um. <laughs> No, no. no. Um, the man with the world's largest weenie. Back, but just everything going back to Dick's pumping service. His name is Jonah Falcon. <laughs> Wait, the largest or smallest? Largest. Largest. Is, is, wow. Yes, this thing spans thirteen point five inches. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. There's there's a Wiener Man statue, and it was stolen oh, no. from a place called Dairy Winkle in West Virginia. <laughs> That listener understood the assignment last week when I read all of the names of the cities that no one has ever ta- written in and told us about. So good uh-huh. job. Good job yep. setting in the cutest and best name from your state in West Virginia. There's a name, Hope White, but they, when the name comes through their system, it comes through as White Hope. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Comma, the great White uh-huh. Hope. Um, first name, Happy, last name, Spelled joke, but pronounced yoga. Oh. <laughs> Either way, happy yoga. <laughs> oh, they also have somebody named Woo Wee. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh God. The world is the world is great and terrible simultaneously. Both oh. things are true, aren't yes, they? Yes, they really are. They really and uh are. speaking of things that are great and not terrible, there is there are Parts of of existence that exist that are just great. And do you want to name one of those? Yes. Parts of life. What I do. Who, our Patreon. Yeah. Our Patreons. Our supporters who pay us every month for extra bonus episodes. Yeah. That's what they do, and we love them for it. So for yes. as little as five dollars a month, you can be one of them. And then, if you do it in two or three months, I will sing you a song on air. <laughs> it takes a while, so please be patient. Yes. Thank you for being patient. I only have so much of this in me. 
Yeah, it exhausts me. It's like when you see on Ghost when Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> is being inhabited by the spirits, yes. and then she's like, oh, I'm so exhausted afterwards. Yes. Can't That's even me. walk. Yeah. All right, let's exhaust Courtney. Thank you so much to Corey W. Corey, will you tell me all of your secrets? How do you know how to be so great? How do you wake up and put your pants on and put your shirts on and put your shoes on and go outside and pretend like you're just like everyone else when you're not your superior extraordinary in every way and also make me want to live another day with everything you put out into the world Corey Corey <laughs> why 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 <laughs> Mm-hmm. You okay? Let's take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Who else do we got? Thank you so much to Jim Wing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had to do both, all of the names. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I would like a subscription to that, Jim. Mm-hmm. I'd like a subscription. I would like a monthly access to Jim and Jim's power, Jim's prowess, Jim's confidence, Jim's kindness, Jim's precociousness, Jim's flawlessness, Jim's excitement, enthusiasm, strength, and poise. Jim is like in a uh, glamour shot in my mind, Uh you know, soft focus, fist under chin. Mm-hmm. Two thirds profile. Yes. Um, you Denim know, jacket. just yep. Pop, collar popped, and uh, giving me a knowing look when we exchange. <laughs> I'm like, I know, Jim. I know. I know. I get. I get it. I got it. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank Bing. you. <laughs> Ding. Thank you Who's so next? much. To Kelly from Kansas. Kelly, listen. What do you da- what do you got going on in Kansas? Dogs in baskets, corn, <laughs> Lebanon, <laughs> the geographical oh, yeah. center of the United States. <laughs> Dogs in baskets because of <laughs> Toto. Yes, <laughs> it's like that was very random, Courtney. Quick word association. <laughs> warming up. I'm warming up. <laughs> What was her first name again? Kelly? Kelly from Kelly. Kansas. Lebanon, Kansas, geographical center of the United States, which I think, you know, I think that's a metaphor for a whole lot more in this case when mm-hmm. it comes to Kelly. I think we're talking about the geographical center of all of our motherfucking hearts. Yeah. Right? Yes. Right there, right in the center. All things lead to Kelly. She's the epicenter, the pinnacle, the meridian, the... North Star. <laughs> She's the beacon that brings us home, <laughs> calls us back to who we are, what we believe in, where we belong. Put your doggy in your fucking basket. <laughs> get your ass back to Kelly. That's right. You I know? I was thinking intersection. <laughs> intersection. Venn diagram. 
What else? Point <laughs> on, a, on a map. <laughs> Flare in the sky. Uh, <laughs> latitude and longitude. That's right. All but roads lead. Per- perpendicular, not parallel. It, <laughs> just get to Kelly. Come on. Do it. When you're feeling unmoored, when you're feeling unsure, when you're feeling uncertain, just go to Kelly. She's got it. She's grounded. Yep. She's mm-hmm. focused. She's mm-hmm. rooted. Mm-hmm. She's ready. Yep. She probably gives really good hugs. Yeah, that's what she's just doing, standing there at the monument that you and I visited when we were mm-hmm. teenagers. And uh, we should post the picture of it with this episode. Yes. Of us being jerks. Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at this geographical center of the United States, a.k.a. Kelly's heart. Oh, thank, thank you, you Kelly. so much, Kelly. Last but not least. Yeah. Thank you so much to Carla D. Carla. Ding-a-ling-a-dang-dong-ding-a-dang-dong. Ding-a-ling-a-dang-dong, sing me that song. Carla, you know what I'm talking about. Carla, you know who I, that I got to shout out. The fact that you are beautiful, the fact that you are loved, the fact that you are one of a kind, and you will always rise above, even be on my mind. Be on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was going with that. (laughs) What doesn't rhyme with above? Love. Be on my mind. Be on my mind, you always be on my mind. Come on, Sadie. Be on my mind. Be on my mind. Carla will always be on my mind. We love you, Carla. We love you all so much. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can send us an email at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. You can rate and review and subscribe to us if you want to. Yes, please. please. It's been a minute since we got a review. So uh, who's up to back? Uh, who's um, next? Who's going to uh, take um, one for the team? Who's going to get on Apple Podcasts and right? I have to go for back. the best? I, I think I probably reviewed us like back day one, way back. Uh. <laughs> so I should see. Otherwise, I'm going to give us our own review. <laughs> I don't think I've got some things. I've got some things to say about this podcast. Yes. Be like, it creeps me out when they giggle so much. I know, uh-huh. we know, we, we know. get it. We're it's, sorry. We're neurodivergent. We didn't know that at the beginning. We would no. have prefaced this whole thing with, it's a we coping laugh mechanism. Because we're uncomfortable with what yeah. we're saying. And it's sorry. unbelievable to people like us that things like this happen. And so mm-hmm. we laugh because we are trying to cope. And mm-hmm. we're sorry that it comes across as creepy. Maybe yep. learn about nuance. Of human emotion. Turns out we really feel things very strongly, and it's also a way to cope with that because we, if we dive in too deeply, then we want to die sometimes about it. (laughs) All that to say, no, we're actually dicks. We think it's hilarious. We think it's super funny. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's my review. It'll just be you and I going back and forth over the like major point of contention about this podcast. In one of you. Oh, Lord. Um, thanks, AJ. Hey, AJ Bergans. Thank you so Thank much. You for your music. We love it. We love it and so much. And remember... Oh, God, I had one this morning. Something about... Oh, you know what? Just 
if you're a yogurt person in the morning, you like yogurt mm. for breakfast, mm-hmm. hot tip for if you want a little superfood boost, stir some fucking chia seeds right in the yogurt. You don't need chia pudding. That shit's like yeah, gag does. gag fuel. I mean, I love chia pudding, but it goes. Nobody's bad trying real, to. Like nobody, it's easy to go wrong with that real quick. Yeah, especially yeah. you know you can only eat that for so many days in a row until your gag reflex kicks in right. officially and forever. So yes. you know, I, I know we're all trying to better ourselves, but I think I invented. I'm 100% sure that I'm the only person who's ever stirred <laughs> chia, chia seeds in their now, yogurt. I was just making it this morning thinking, you know, people need to know this tip. You get your fiber, you get your fucking protein. It holds its weight in water, so you get more full. Try it. <laughs> Sustains you throughout. I mean, I swear by it. I swear by it. You're welcome. Oh, man, we love you all so much for being here and listening so to us. So very much. And we are going to see you again very soon. We love you. Couldn't love you more. And goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.